Yeah, I mean, who is it if not the Titans? Six-game winning streak, continue to find a way to win. Uh, some of these other teams just aren't, you know, finding those ways to win right now. Welcome in to the Titans 10 for Wednesday, November the 17th. I'm your host, Easton Freeze, broadcaster and writer with Broadway Sports Media and the 440 Podcast Network. Welcome in to the first of a new set of shows. Like I said yesterday, we've got four shows a week now on the Titans 10, Tuesday through Friday. Wednesdays, which is today's show, will be interviews with journalists, broadcasters, uh, you know, radio personalities, anybody that I can that I can get to come on the show and talk a little bit of Titans on Wednesdays. So we're going to be doing a little week 11 Titans talk today. Our first guest to kick off these new shows is Chad Withrow. You know him. He has been covering Nashville and Tennessee sports for a long, long time now. He's the host of Outkick 360 at Outkick.com and Outkick the Tailgate. Um, we had a really great conversation. I'm excited for you to get to listen to this. If you are listening on the Football and Other F-Words podcast feed, you're only going to get a preview of this podcast. But if you're listening on the Titans 10 podcast feed, where you should be listening, you'll get to listen to the whole thing. And you're really going to want to listen to the whole thing. So if you're on the F-Words feed, go on over to the Titans 10 feed. Link in the description of this episode. Go subscribe there. Listen there. All right, without further ado, let's get to Chad Withrow. All right, let's welcome in Chad Withrow to the show, host of Outkick 360 on Outkick.com, as well as the host of the Outkick, the tailgate show, a new uh, tailgate show going around SEC schools on Saturdays uh, this year covering big SEC matchups. Chad, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Excited to be a part of it. So, yeah, we're getting started doing some interviews on the Titans 10. We're going to be covering uh, the team uh, with guys like Chad who cover the, the team and, and Tennessee sports on Wednesdays. And then on Thursdays, we're going to be covering uh, the Titans opponent that week with some broadcasters and journalists from those other cities. So today we're going to talk about the Titans with Chad. I wanted to talk to you about the Titans offense, which is kind of sputtering right now. It's It's pretty clear that they are dealing with uh, some growing pains trying to get out of this funk of of learning to deal with life without Derrick Henry. Um, and and I just I wanted to know, do you attribute that entirely to the loss of Derrick? Um, and what, if anything, do you think they can do to get the wheels rolling again? I think it's almost entirely due to the loss of, of Derrick Henry, because, you know, he really was he was the uh, the axis in which the Titans offense spun uh, the entire time. I mean, he's not, you know, there's always the debate about quarterback or is it Ryan Tannehill or Derrick Henry who's more important? If you lose one or the other, what's going to hurt the team more? I think the bottom line is this. That team was based around what Derrick Henry could do. And the passing game was based around that. Ryan Tannehill, obviously very important also. And you don't want to go to a backup quarterback. But now the challenge for the Titans, and look, they're two for two. They've done it in different ways, and it hasn't always been pretty, uh, but they're 2-0 without Derrick Henry. The challenge now is finding the right ratio of run-to-pass, but not only that, run-to-run. What's the right ratio? What's the right carry load for Adrian Peterson versus Deontay Foreman 
versus getting Ryan Tannehill more involved in the running game at some point. I think these are all things that, that Todd Downing, he's going to have to figure out game to game. The opponent's going to dictate some of that also. I also think, you know, Ryan Tannehill's got to be better. Uh, we, we've seen him be better. He, he has got to step up. What he was with Derrick Henry this year is not going to be good enough. And what he's been since Derrick Henry got injured is not ultimately going to be good enough. And I do think that he's capable of a different level of play. He needs to get there. A.J. Brown needs to be the biggest part of this from a pass-catching standpoint. And I think once Todd Downing and the Titans offense figure out who they are now without Derrick Henry, I think they're going to be fine. And the fact that they're 2-0 and without him right now, having not played really good offense, is a really good sign for the Titans. Right. I think those are good points. With Ryan Tannehill, do you think – how much of his – struggles do you attribute to the weapons he has had around him this year and the offensive line play and how much of it do you think is him maybe kind of regressing to the mean a little bit is it the offensive coordination changing um what do you think the problem is with him um and i say problem you know you look at the advanced metrics and it looks like Ryan Tannehill is dealing with one of the worst pass blocking grades um from any line in the league right now and he's dealing with um on on paper one of the worst uh groups groups of weapons around him with the loss of Henry, with the loss of Julio Jones. So do you think a lot of that is on him to just step up? Um, or do you think he's in a really tough situation? I think he's in a, a tough situation, not the toughest, but it's a much tougher situation without Derrick Henry. Right. His offensive line, you know, ha- has been an issue getting a little bit better now, hopefully as they get a little bit healthier. But I, I look at some of the interceptions and that's on Ryan Tannehill. And those are game-changing type plays that we've seen this year that we haven't grown accustomed to seeing from Ryan Tannehill. So even with everything around him not being quite as good as a year ago offensively, Ryan Tannehill can still be better. And it's all about what he can change and what he can fix. He can't be throwing interceptions like he's a rookie in this league. And we've seen that a little bit too often so far this season. I think he does have a tendency to hold the ball a little bit too long at times. Um, That's something else that, that he can help with. But overall, again, he, he's just – if the Titans are going to get where Titans fans want them to go, and that's a Super Bowl, and I think they are capable of it, he's got to be a lot better. And that, that's, that's the bottom line. He, you can point to everything around him, but ultimately it's on Ryan Tannehill. I agree. I think the interceptions are the thing that you look at most this year as a bit of a head-scratcher in terms of his play. You know, I, I do wonder – I think this week's going to be really telling for the offense because they have played these last two games without Henry against two of the best – defenses in the entire league the Rams and the Saints you know they've got really great uh, uh defensive units I think against this Texans team it's it's going to be telling a bit of a get right situation right for this offense if they if they go out there and put up another 200 ish yard offensive performance this week then I think the alarm bells definitely go off but you know if they go out there and look a lot better then I think that there's some improvement there do you see this week as a, a pretty big spot for them it's a, it's a huge spot because it's, it's a get-right week. I mean, this is a bad Texans team. I think the Titans can try some different things in this game and, and start to get some footing on their identity and who they're going to be the rest of the season without Derrick Henry. So I, I do think this is a big game. It's funny because in college football this week, you've got a lot of, especially in the SEC, teams stepping out of conference, playing a lesser opponent right. to gear up for their rivalry game the last week of the season. Then I see that as sort of a launching point for – a game you absolutely should not lose if you show up and play decent, but a game where you can try some things out, maybe get some new personnel in also. 
That's not the case in the NFL with the roster limitations. <laughs> right. You're not going to be trying out a lot of backups in this game. But what you can find out if you're the Titans in this game is the formula for success offensively that they've yet to find since Derrick Henry went out. And there's no better opponent than the Houston Texans to find that. Yeah. And, and you know, this team, they, they've struggled on offense. And, and, of course, a big part of that has, has been with, with uh, Ryan Tannehill having to live without Derrick Henry as that force in the backfield. Do you see the situation as, you know, looking at this Texans game as, as they try to get right on offense, do you think they need to step away a little bit from their identity um, as a, as a run first team without Henry, you know, they've got that stable of backs and, and Foreman looks all right. The other two have been, in my opinion, they've left a little bit to be desired. Do they need to be more pass heavy on the offensive side of the ball without Henry? I think they need to figure out what they can do passing the ball. I, I don't know if ultimately they're going to be that much more pass heavy as a team. If you can mix and match, and I'm with you, I think Deontay Foreman has been the most impressive running back of the, of the, of the group right now. But yes, th they need to pass more in this game and they need to figure out what they can do. You know, th th there's an old adage that in the NFL, defenses and defensive coordinators are good enough to take away one thing from every team that they can really focus in and take away that one thing. But that's really it for most teams. If that one thing is A.J. Brown, let's say, and that he's going to be – his role is going to be diminished because of that, you have to start finding – you know, Marcus Johnson was a good example this first week. You have to find something else mm. that we're not necessarily expecting from the Titans' offense. I think they need to get more creative in how they run it. They don't have Derrick Henry to just hand it off in the backfield. There needs to be – some different creative ways, whether it be an end around reverse, getting receivers in the running game. There's different things you can do to generate a rushing attack. I mentioned before, Ryan Tannehill may be running it more. I'm not saying he's going to be Lamar Jackson, but Ryan Tannehill can run the ball more. He's capable of that. Is that a way to get the rushing attack started? There's a lot of different ways to look at it. They need to find that right formula. I think, though, this is the right week to start to figure that out based on the opponent. Right. And Chad, you mentioned you mentioned A.J. Brown. He's a guy that at this point outside of Ryan Tannehill is clearly the biggest playmaker on this offense. Is he a guy they need to try to force feed a little bit more? You know, it's kind of dangerous territory when you try to force the ball to any one guy. But when they're needing big plays to be made, you got to go to the biggest playmaker. Right. So should they be trying to force the ball his way a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, I think that they've got to be intentional about getting A.J. Brown in the game, right? I mean, that could be a screen pass early on. I mean, he's got to get his touches at some point. I also don't really love the term, you know, force feeding when it comes to the NFL because that could lead to more bad Ryan Tannehill interceptions. Right. Like we've seen earlier this year. But, I mean, absolutely, they've got to get more from A.J. Brown than they got this Sunday. Look, this, this win over the Saints, any win the NFL is good, yada, yada, yada. You can say that all you want, and it's true. Um they weren't very good against the Saints, and they're very fortunate that it's Trevor Simeon at quarterback and there's no Alvin Kamara for the Saints, and that there was an awful, uh, you know, roughing the passer call that yep. negated an interception in the end zone. Titans are very fortunate in this game, and I think they realized that based on the comments from Mike Vrabel this week, based on the comments post game, they know they were very fortunate to win that game. They've got to be better. They've got to get creative. They've got to find out who they are on offense. Defense has been light years better than I expected this year. And they can rely on that defense now, which is not something we would have said last season. So that's a good thing, but they got to figure out the offense. Right. And let's, let's, uh, let's head over to that side of the ball. 
Let's transition to the defensive side. I wanted to I wanted to ask you, you know, the Titans have definitely been relying on that defense these last two weeks, and it's been kind of a, a jarring transition, right? We get used to watching this Titans team for the last year and a half as this offensive juggernaut with, with AJ and Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, you know, scoring 35 points a game, and you'd go into every game thinking, well, the Titans offense, you know, they've just got to outscore this opponent. And the defense has to make a play or two. And that's all you really expect of this defense. And now it feels like overnight this defense has come out and and kind of taken over the load, especially in these last two weeks against two good opponents. Um, of course, it's the defensive front that's to thank for that, obviously. I know, I know that you definitely agree with that. Uh, this pass rush, the ability to pressure the quarterback has been all the difference because they weren't able to pressure the quarterback at all last season. And that's all they seem to do uh, this season, at least half by half, you know, they, they struggle to get it done in an entire game, but they've gotten done uh, well enough to win these last two games. Is this a unit that can be relied on, you know, in a way that it would, would be a winning formula down the stretch for the Titans? I think absolutely. I mean, I think they've shown enough this season already that they can rely on that defense. That that's one of those givens when you go into a game that it's a given that they're going to, they're going to show up. And I, I can't believe that I'm saying that based on last year. And I think it does start up front. Bud Dupree, the injury this week, a little concerning. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah, and I, I don't like those, you know, one-play type injuries. Yeah. Hopefully he's going to be okay in the long run. Um, but contract here, Harold Landry, has been terrific. Pairing Danico Autry next to Jeffrey Simmons has been a revelation. Um, I think you look at those factors, the fact that Kevin Byard now with a formidable defensive front looks like Kevin Byard of a few years ago. Um, Titans are playing well. They have not gotten great cornerback play also. Then they continue to play really well on defense. So I think that's a, that's a good sign. Look, ultimately, it's amazing that we're sitting here talking about a six-game winning streak and some of the, the blemishes of the Titans. The fact that they are playing through these and winning games is a testament to Mike Vrabel and the culture of, of the Titans team. But I, I, I really like that defense. And I do think that right now, if you're looking at a calling card for the Titans, it's their defense until they figure out what they're doing on offense. Absolutely. And I think it's, it's been a bit jarring for Titans fans this week. You know, a lot of the, the, the media that doesn't just, I guess the media that doesn't slurp the Titans all the time, like you guys over there at outkick 360 and, and, and uh, I guess shows like this, we, we, we're talking about them like they lost this game. And it's kind of strange because they've gone on this historic run in the last six games. And I, I really, it's just, I think, the expectations for this team taking a step up, kind of graduating, um, they, they clearly think that they're a great team. On paper, you know, they're putting up the wins like a great team tends to win. Um, and so that's like, you know, they, they've managed to win these games and, and the scrutiny is, is kind of nitpicking a little bit because at the end of the day, they're getting these wins. I think ultimately, you know, the, the, the national perspective, if you will, on the Titans it is pretty simple in that they're just mad. The Titans are good because <laughs> if you're a national, you know, host of, of any kind, you know, that the Titans aren't going to get the same amount of play as some of these other, you know, the Cowboys, for instance, the Tampa right. Bay, the Tom Brady, even. So it's almost like a resentment for the Titans. Oh, we have to talk about the Titans now because they're eight and two and they're the best team in the AFC currently, the number one seed. Right Now I'm angry that I have to talk about the Titans. <laughs> so let me nitpick every problem that I have with the Titans and tell you why ultimately they're not all that good. 
I think some of the things that they're saying about the Titans are legitimate. Yeah. Uh, you know, with some of the flaws of the team, I have no problem with that. But but I think if it was, again, the Cowboys we're talking about, and you want them there because you know you're getting ears and eyeballs when you talk about the Cowboys at a national perspective, I think you find ways to make them great. And I think this is just human nature. I think when it's the Tennessee Titans, some of these national guys probably find ways to make them not so great because they hate that they're talking about them. Right. And of course, you know, Titans fan base loves to talk about the national media. It's their favorite yep. pastime. And it's an interesting dynamic, right? Because, you know, this morning I'm listening to shows talk about the Rams performance last night on Monday Night Football. And the, the consensus seems to be, don't overreact. The Rams are fine, right? The thought that I had this week listening to some of the reaction of the Titans on, on their run and, and their game on Sunday, it reminded me of how a lot of the fans of the game were looking at the Steelers around this time last year, a team that was 11 and 0, but they were starting to show some really big holes. And although the national media, you know, the Steelers are a, a blue blood program, they're a, a big, big TV market up there in Pittsburgh. They're one of the premier teams for the league. And so the, the media wasn't off them nearly as quickly as it, it, as it seemed the common fan was. They weren't quite as ready to admit the flaws of that, that team. It feels like the roles have reversed that, you know, maybe the Titans fans have, haven't quite gotten to the point of being able to admit those flaws that this team has. But the national media is more than happy to point all of them out. Well, and the, the Rams are a good example. Right. I mean, I, I think the Rams are showing some cracks these last two weeks. But if the Titans went on a two week run that the Rams just went on in prime time, they'd be dead. A Sunday night game and a Monday night game. They wouldn't be crushing the Titans. They just wouldn't talk about them. Oh, yeah. Disappear. They would be a non factor at that point. But where the Rams are different is, you know, they have two weeks like this and people are still talking about them the next day. Are the Rams OK? Are they going to bounce back from this? If that's the Titans, it's just silence. And <laughs> right. that's just oh, they're the irrelevant like we thought they were. Yeah, that's the difference between the big market team uh, with the Stars and the small market team, mid mid-sized market team with Nashville and the Titans that currently don't really have the superstars because Derrick Henry was their superstar. That's the treatment you're going to get from the national media. I think the quicker that Titans fans can realize this, the more at peace they're going to be yeah. and not be so worked up about it. For uh, Keyshawn Johnson, for instance, I can't remember the last time I cared what Keyshawn Johnson says. <laughs> we all know what Keyshawn Johnson is and what he does, and that's someone that's going to stoke flames with whatever he's saying. He did as a player, he's doing it now. So it just it doesn't really get to me when I hear things like that. Right, and it's funny. I was I was thinking earlier this week. I actually tweeted that you know Titans fans can be mad at the national media all they want, but quietly any any Titans fan that's paid attention the last couple of years is happy that the national media is still doubting them because the, you know, the, the handful of times that any of the national media has bought into the Titans, that's when they've started to, to lose, right? It's, it's only whenever they're doubted that they seem to continue to prove people wrong. Um, we'll get you out of here in just a moment. I got one more question. You know, we're talking about the Titans in the context of the rest of the league. I, this has been a, a topic of, of discussion in the media a lot the last couple of weeks you know, are the Titans the best team in the AFC? And how do you balance the notions that, that yeah, the, the Titans are just barely scraping by and, you know, they may be headed in the wrong direction on the offense. It doesn't look, it doesn't look like they're doing anything but really just surviving and advancing right now. But then on the other hand, you know, great teams, we talk about great teams find multiple ways to win. And that's 
seemingly what the Titans are, are managing to do now with the defense. Yeah, I mean, who is it if not the Titans, right? It's, it's, uh, to me, it's absolutely the Titans right now. You look at their resume, five wins over playoff teams, six-game winning streak, continue to find a way to win. Uh, some of these other teams just aren't, you know, finding those ways to win right now. Now, you know, gun to my head, do I think the Titans, as of right now in November, have the best personnel and set up to be the AFC representative in the Super Bowl? I don't. I think I it's think probably right. the Bills – if they can figure out any semblance of a running game. But right now, who's the best in the AFC? It's absolutely the Titans. They're the number one seed for a reason. They beat the Bills. They beat the Chiefs. They beat the Rams. I mean, they they continue to prove people wrong. So until proven otherwise, it's the Titans. Right, and those other AFC contenders, they all have you know big flaws on their resume as well. A lot of the talk has been about how the AFC isn't any good this year. Really, I think it's the AFC is just good this year, right? All the teams that should be great are actually just good. And a lot of the teams that should be bad, I think are actually pretty decent. And so it's it's made for really exciting uh, NFL Sundays to watch because the parody has been so dramatic. Yeah, it, it's been fun. And uh, it, it is always fun to have this discussion right now, knowing it's all going to play itself out. But I, I'm with you. I think the AFC's got a good number of good teams. I don't know that they have a great team, but right. Hey, there's been, there's been plenty of just good teams that got hot at the right time and went That's to a about. Super Bowl or won a Super Bowl. So the Titans are definitely in that mix. All right. Well, this has been Chad Withrow joining us on the Titans 10. Chad, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, again, he's the host of outkick 360 weekdays uh, on outkick.com and outkick the tailgate. Uh, on the weekend, Saturdays, uh, covering the biggest SEC matchups of the week. So, Chad, thank you for joining us. Easton, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Listen, I know every show you've ever listened to has asked you to do that, and you don't. I get it. I'm guilty of it, too. But not every show you listen to is brand new and trying to get off the ground like we are. So please, it'll help so, so much if you go rate and review and subscribe to the show. Actually, go do it. Thank you in advance. We love a good grassroots effort over here at the Titans 10. And I know you've got a bunch of friends and family who follow the Titans. I know you do. So please send them this show and don't just tell them about it. Share the show with them over text. Send it to them. Tell them how much they need it in their lives, because, of course, they definitely do. All press conference audio in this episode is from TennesseeTitans.com, so thank you to them for providing that for us. Follow me at Easton Freeze and the show at the Titans 10 BSM. That's at the Titans 10 BSM on Twitter to keep up with all of my football coverage and get show updates. Make sure to check out me and my talented colleagues over at BroadwaySportsMedia.com for all things Tennessee sports. We've got a great team of writers as well as a great podcast network with new content five days a week for you to consume. All right, that's going to do it for today. I am your host, Easton Freeze, and this has been the Titans 10. We'll be right back.